Hallelujah. Well, we're in 2 Samuel 5. Just before we uh, go there, uh, I, I trust everything's working well, and so uh, I, I am uh, preaching here, and they're beaming us back over to the Pensacola campus, and we're trusting that all of that works. And if it doesn't, they'll send up a smoke signal and we'll do something else, all right? Uh, but they think they got all of that worked out. But uh, amen, congratulations on five years. And it's a good, good day uh, as we get hard to believe. I sent that out. And yeah, go ahead one more time. That's, that's good. And uh, I'm going to talk about that some uh, today and uh, memories and things that uh, we've seen happen. We're grateful to God uh, for his faithfulness uh, during it. Just, I posted, I had two or three people say, you can't mean it's been that long. I said, well, I can mean it. It has been. Matter of fact, it's been longer than five, to be honest. But uh, this is kind of kickoff day uh, for five years. So uh, praise the Lord uh, for that. Well, good to see you. I want to share a message entitled, The God of the Breakthrough, uh, today in 2 Samuel chapter 5. I'll read the first three verses and then uh, take a pause and talk about the middle of this chapter, then pick it up again in verse 17. But let's follow in the word today. In Second uh, Samuel chapter 5, we begin in verse 1. You listen because this is the word of our great God. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and your flesh. Previously... When Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and in. And the Lord said to you, you will shepherd my people Israel, and you will be a ruler over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them before the Lord at Hebron, and they anointed David king over Israel. After this anointing, in verse 4, we, we find a little history that David was 30 years old when he became king. He reigned 40 years, and he did seven of that uh, at Hebron, and now he's coming for these 33 and a half years uh, to Jerusalem. He then captures the city of Jerusalem from the Jebusites that had never been captured before, and he takes it uh, with uh, great ingenuity of sending Joab into the water pool and through the water source up into the city. And they had made fun of David. They said, come on in. We've got the lame and the blind sitting there. You can't get in. And he made his way through. Then Hiram, uh, the king of Tyre, sends materials and they build David a house. Now, you know that he doesn't build the Lord's house, the tabernacle. Solomon's going to do that later. Uh, but we find great victory coming in David's life. He's anointed king. He comes to Jerusalem. He establishes the city. Uh, and we're all going to that city one day, to the great new Jerusalem that we will be in. And then we find that his enemies showed up. The Philistines. And we pick that up in verse 17 where the Bible says, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. And when David heard of it, he went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines came and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephim. Then David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. 
So David came to Baal-perazim and defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the breakthrough of waters. Therefore, he named that place Baal-perazim, Baal being God, Perazim, breakthrough, the God of the breakthrough. They abandoned their idols there, so David and his men carried them away. That great victory uh, against the Philistines. Then in verse 22, now the Philistines came up once again, spread themselves out in the valley of Repium. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, you shall not go directly up, but circle around behind them and come at them in the front of the balsam trees. It shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then you shall act promptly, for then the Lord will have gone out before you to strike the army of the Philistines. Then David did so, just as the Lord had commanded him, and struck down the Philistines from Giva as far as Gezer, and those are two towns north of Philistine, one on the east and one on the west side of that great valley of Rephim that is there, and he struck down the Philistines all across that valley. When God is blessing, great challenges always come. Sometimes those challenges come from our own foolishness. Sometimes from the pulpit's foolishness, sometimes from the pew's foolishness, and oftentimes a combination of pew and pulpit being foolish. And those challenges face us. Sometimes it's from the outside and people that are not happy with what's going on. And then sometimes it is just the wicked one that comes whenever that there is a blessing of God, these great challenges come to us. Now, you can say one thing about the devil. I mean, he's mean and he's a liar, but you got to give him this. He's faithful. He's at his work. He doesn't give up. And the Philistines come against David twice here. As a matter of fact, the Philistines never gave up. They were David's first enemy when the giant came, nine feet, six inches tall when he came, and he fought that giant and killed him. Here he is twice, and he will end up in 2 Samuel 23. His last battle is going to be against this group came again and again and again. Listen to me, church. Challenges don't go away. They always are presented to the people of God when the anointing of God is at work. The challenges come from varied places against us, to test us, and sometimes to make us because we turn from ourselves and look to God the Father. David's been anointed here. This is the third time. He's been anointed king. You find the first anointing in 1 Samuel 16. You remember the story. Samuel came, came to Jesse, said, where are you boys? Your son's going to be the king of Israel. He marched them through. One, two, three, four, came all through. And Samuel looked and said, is that all you got? And he said, well, no, 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 there's one boy, the baby, is yonder in the field taking care of the sheep. said, bring him here. And they brought him. The Bible says he was handsome with beautiful eyes and of a ruddy complexion. And Samuel said, there's the man. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, he anointed him and the Spirit of God rushed upon David. 
It rushed like a wind on the shepherd boy. Years went by and he was anointed a second time. In 2 Samuel chapter 2 and verse number 4, some of the elders came where he would serve for those seven years at Hebron and they anointed him. And then here we find him anointed in chapter 5 as he brings together Israel and Judah. He makes the people of God one. He brings them together with great... Hear me, church. The anointing of the Spirit of God brings unity in the church of the living God. I say it over and over and over to my folks that are on the Pensacola campus, to those on the Warrington campus. This is one church meeting in two houses, all right? It's unity. We are bone and flesh of one another. Now, I know there are different things that we do, and, but we are united together. We're united together. We are one together. That's what the anointing of God does. And when these challenges come, we must trust and wait on God until the breakthrough of God's perfect timing. He did that here at Warrington for us. In his perfect timing, he brought the breakthrough. Maybe you're here today and need a breakthrough in your personal life. I'm telling you, if you'll seek God, the breakthrough's coming. Maybe it's your business. You, you, you need a break, some direction in your family. Maybe it's our church. We need to seek after the Father and look for that marvelous breakthrough that's coming. If you need that breakthrough, I want to give you three principles this morning and look back a little bit and look forward a lot and see what God has been and is and is about to be about among us with being the God of the breakthrough. Number one, this text teaches us that we should seek, seek the God of the breakthrough. Notice that David, he he was there and the Philistines came and two times the Bible says, first in verse 19, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up? Then when you get to verse 23, they came back again and David inquired inquired of the Lord, should I go up? And God gave him different direction, different times, but he inquired, he sought the Lord. Listen to me. If you're looking for breakthrough, seek the mind of God. Seek the face of God. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 8 and 17, if you seek diligently, you you will find me. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 33, we should seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, all other stuff will fall into place. Seek him first. And then, of course, Jesus said in that great prayer in Matthew 7, 7, that we should ask and we should seek and we should knock. Amen? Ask, it's given. Seek, you'll find. Knock, and it'll be opened unto you. Seek the Lord. Over six years ago, then rolled the clock back even five before that, the Warrington Church called me and said, we'd like to talk to you about helping us. And I came, we shared, they weren't ready. I said, Okay. In fact, they told me they were not ready to do what I wanted to do. And I said, well, you call me. I didn't call you. That, that's fine. Five more years rolled by. They called again. They were down. I think it was 13 folks that were meeting in this room. They called, and we had a meeting downstairs where we're going to eat. I'm preaching fast because I walked through down there a while ago. <laughs> we met right there in a circle, and they just began to share their soul with me. I went home, and the first thing I prayed, Lord, I do not want to do this. 
I got plenty to do. I don't want, I don't need this. I don't need to hook this to my wagon. I, I don't even, matter of fact, I said, I don't know how to do this. I, I'm, I'm clueless. I wouldn't know how to revitalize a church. I can kill a church, but I don't know how to revitalize one, all right? I just said, I, I don't want to. Please make this go away. But of course, God wouldn't have that. He said, I brought you a gift and I've laid it in your life. And I began to say, Lord, what do we do? I began to inquire the Lord. I just sought him. It was just a few weeks before that we were getting ready that Sean Pillay came on our staff here and serves with us until this day. And I will never forget, the first day we came over here was Sean's first day on the job. I didn't know anything about revitalization, but that's all he had done up in the Boston area. He had just been in these churches that were dying and difficult, and he, he was the revitalization catalyst and all of that, and I brought him in. It was the first day he was here, and we began. I'll never forget us walking up and down this, this hall, right, or this aisle right here. Sean, I walked up. We're just praying, walking, and then we'd walk over, and we'd walk around and say, Lord, what, what should we do? How do we do this? How do we do it? I don't know. Do you put a live preacher over here or you put a dead preacher over here or you put uh, a preacher on the screen over here or do, do you just bury it? What, what do we do? What do we do? And we began to seek the Lord. And we believe God gave us a vision and a plan of taking that group that was here and then asking a core group from uh, the Pensacola campus to come together. And, and then for several months, uh, we trained and prayed and sought the Lord and just quit having anything over here and, and then had a Sunday where we had Resurrection Sunday where we just started and we started with the screens and that's the way we do it and that's what's going on on the Pensacola campus today they're getting a taste of backwards church today all right it's the way that you normally do it over here when you see me there and uh, but now they're seeing us there we hope amen and uh, we're we're trusting that the comms department got that right and and they're doing all of that and uh, so we decided to do it this way and I have people come to me all the time and they say pastor are we to the place where, where we should just cut it loose and let it be an independent church again, let it go? And I say, well, I've been praying. I hadn't heard a word from heaven. I, I don't believe that's the thing to do. I'm, I'm not there. I don't think they're healthy enough yet to do that. I said, we're, help, but we're not two churches. We're at one church, two locations. You do things we can't do here. The Pensacola campus does things there you couldn't do and vice versa. And, and all together, we do it together as one. We are bone and flesh of each other and together we must seek God now what we do now is is we begin to seek what's next at Warrington I can tell you what's next it's that stinky building next door okay that's what's next yeah I don't even know what I just said I don't know what it means I don't know what we put over there I, I can talk to people I got a thousand ideas and uh, I, I get three or four and people get together and you have ten ideas and, but I know this there is a time for expansion that we must do and, and we are doing and there's things we can do there that we've not yet done I don't know if we can use that or not we have to blow it up and do something else I, I don't know I'm just waiting on one of y'all to die and write that check how y'all feeling today? Everybody feeling good? Amen. All right. Yeah. Hallelujah. Just, just put, it's, it's easy. You talk to a lawyer, you say, my will, Warrington. That's the way you just put that in there. All right. I don't know how God will fund that. I don't know what will I just know that, that if we seek him, 
he'll show us. We must seek the God of the breakthrough. I can't do it. Mike can't do it. John, James can't do it. You can't do it. I, I'm not about But I'm telling you, the God of the breakthrough will take us where we need to go on this campus, the Pensacola campus. And if there's another campus, you, you know, we, we had another campus that, that came to us. And, and, I'm, and we went and did the same thing there we did here. And if I ever heard God say, no, I heard it that day. Absolutely not. No way. Do not do that. And we did not. It's been years ago. I was lost in town looking for something. And I happened by that. And I went in that building. And they did not give that to anybody. That church is in better shape today than it's been in 50 years. It, it is thriving and growing and doing. That was just a trick of the devil trying to get me to mess it up. That's all that was. But I'm here, I heard from heaven. We sought God. We inquired and God said, no. Seek him. Seek him. Seek him. If we'll seek him together, he'll be the God of the breakthrough. But not only do we seek the God of the breakthrough, we must, number two, obey, obey the God of the breakthrough. And I want to show you something. There's a great principle involved in this uh, two visits of the Philistines. The Philistines came, and, and David said, as he inquired of the Lord, shall I go up? And God said to him, go up. Go up. I mean, hit him right in the mouth. Boom. He won the victory. The Bible says that they brought their idols in verse 21. First Chronicles 14, when this story is recorded, says that David and his men burned the idols. They burned the idols. Went right at them. David went back to the stronghold rejoicing. That's good. Let's get some dinner. Report came. They're back. What? Philistines are back again? So he goes and he inquires of the Lord. Should I just go up? And God said, no, not this time. Go around to the backside. And wait. Baptist's favorite word. Wait. Ready? Wait. And when you hear the marching in the balsam trees, God sent a breath. When you hear the marching in the balsam trees, the mulberry, go. And come in behind the knot at front, come in by. And God gave the victory again that. Day. God is always the same, but his methods often change. What we did in 1950, we don't do so much in 2022. Maybe we should, but sometimes methodology changes. Who would have ever thought in 1950 you could have church doing this right here? You wouldn't have done. It's a different methodology, a different day. Some days God says go straight up. Some days he says go around behind but God gives us the way churches have seasons and spirit filled people will hear God and obey I heard John I was out in the hall and uh, uh, tomorrow marks my 32nd anniversary at, at Olive and uh, I come thank you uh, I I pulled into town from Texas on Halloween. 
And I jokingly tell people when I preach out, please, I say, some people think the devil came and stayed. <laughs> uh, so I, I came October 3rd. We, we stayed right down from the Pensacola campus at the old University Mall. We, we were there, stayed in that Holiday Inn, I think it was. We stayed, they were trick-or-treating all over that place. It was crazy that night. Then we came, and the next Wednesday night I came to Olive Baptist Church. I was the pastor. The first thing we did was have a business meeting, and we bought 25 acres of ground where the new worship center sits, where the 678 building sits, and where the children, we bought the land from the folks that where the children's building is on the Pensacola campus. Uh, thus, it has their name on it uh, because they were great. The church bought that 25, they had it all ready to go, 25 acres purchased. They just hadn't lifted their hands to do it in the interim. I tell you what God said to me. He said, I got excited. I said, if that church will do that without a pastor, what will they do with one? So I came, and I was there less than a week, and we owed $650,000. That's what that land cost. We, it was there. I, I, I wasn't there 30 minutes, and we was in debt over half a million dollars. I'm then boom, man, we, we was off and running. And so we started, and we built. You see, churches have seasons. I've been there 32 years. I've pastored three churches at Olive Baptist Church. I pastored the season I inherited for the first 10 years. Olive was a very middle-of-the-road, blue-collar church. Seemed like everybody worked at Monsanto that came to Olive Baptist Church. Now, I know that's not right, but it seemed like everybody worked there because were, those were our leaders, and they were middle management people. Then we moved into a second season. And that was a season where we began to reach down to poverty and up to wealth and still a great middle divide. So when we started Mr. Village at Olive and uh, poverty-stricken people and Fifth Sunday gathering up food and paying light bills and, uh, and, and there was a young guy came in this morning, young African-American man walked in and uh, he came to me. He's, he's like this tall, huge African-American gentleman. He said, I'm just out of the jail, and I'm over here at this place. And he said, I need to meet the minister of music. He said, I used to sing in church. I don't know if he can sing, play. I don't know if he can do anything. Uh, but he was just this such a affable man. I just loved getting to know him. You know? His last name is Bing, B-I-N-G. He said, everybody calls me Bing. I said, like, Bing, 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 Bing. He said, yes, sir. This is just like that. One of our guys came around to me after. He said, I saw you met Bing. He had already met him. I said, yeah, I have. I told him to see the music folks. And maybe they put him. I don't know anything about him. I can tell you this. I am so happy he felt at home walking in our church. Saying there's a place for me at this point. Amen. He, he may sing like an angel. I, I, Jamie, I don't know. He may sing like a demon. I, I don't know. I don't know. But then there's the up and out. They were there too. I remember when I got to Olive, we was hunting one doctor. You couldn't find a doctor. We had one doctor. He's an oral surgeon. You couldn't find any lawyers. You say, well, what's wrong with that? But I didn't say anything wrong with it. I'm, I'm just, had one, one attorney. 
When my son went off to law school a few years ago, I said, if you're an attorney and like to visit me here and have lunch, I'd, I'd love to have you here. Eighteen attorneys showed up, and that was not all of them, okay? We reached the up and out and the down and out and still the things that were in between. Then Leo Day became our minister of music. Hmm, things changed from the face of the church when we put African-American man on the platform with me. And Leo was back the other day. He's now over in Louisiana doing a great job at a church there. Been our dear friend, still comes back to sing for us from time to time. God did something in, in that second season. And now we've moved into a third season. It's the multi-campus season of, of our church. It's who we were. And, and see, hear me, church. If the church is not changing, it's dying. If the pastor's not changing, he's dying. If you're not changing, you're dying. God gives us marching orders and we must obey. And when we obey, the God of the breakthrough comes and breaks through. And he does things that we can't do. Thank God for what he's doing right here in this place do you know there, there are places that the church would have died if you'd have took the pews out and put these chairs in? I've been to that church. See, things don't stay the same. I tore a building down over at Pensacola campus, white building. Several people were married. I called all of them that got married. I said, come, I want you to be with me before we tear it down because we're going to tear it down. We've got to tear it down before it falls down. We've got to make room for something else. So they came and I said, listen, you will still be married when we tear this building down that you were married in, okay? I've looked it up in the code. It, you're still married. It's not the building. It's, you commit. Well, you know, those things become important, but hear me. Church stuff can become an idol. You got to burn that. What matters is not your tradition, but your God. And reaching the community that you're in. We have varied seasons. And thank God we're in a good season right now. Because we're changed. We'll change some more. We must. Both here and on the Pensacola campus. There, change must come. If we're going to be. And we must. So what do we do? We obey God. Obey God. And don't move till he says go straight up or go around the side. Find the method that the Lord has. And then lastly, not only must we seek God and obey God, but thirdly, we must glorify the God of the breakthrough. After David won the day, they came back and they built an altar and they called the place Baal Perazim. And he began to shout, glory, God has done the work. God broke through. Hear the word of the Lord. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. One of the greatest doxologies in all the Bible where it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in him, to him be what? Glory. To him be, say that word, glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen and amen. Glory. You give God, when God does work, that's why we pause at five years and we celebrate. We give him glory. Praise his name that this place is alive. We got folks getting saved down here on this 
Naval Air Station that wouldn't get saved. We gone and, and we do. We got folks in this city getting saved. We, we got folks at schools that are getting blessed because you're taking stuff to them and, and you're helping them. You, you've built a light. Where the light was almost gone out, you built a lighthouse back and the lighthouse is burning. It's not as tall and bright as it will be, but we're going to build a little higher and a little brighter and God's going to use it. We're going to give him glory for all that he does. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. To him be glory. Let me tell you, we ought to give him glory. Give him glory for the people he saved. The people he saved in, in this building. Hallelujah. For the people has been saved right here in this place. I got to thinking this morning about my 32 years and then these five years and people that got saved. I think of my buddy Eddie Ashari sat well up in the balcony, came and got saved in our church. I think of Jackie Johnson. Oh, my Lord. That's, a, that's the toughest woman I ever met. She was a bouncer in the bar when she got saved. Oh, my soul. I looked over. She whipped over half the men in this room. I guarantee she can. I can't see those folks on the uh, Pensacola campus, but I guarantee you she whipped a bunch of y'all too. I know she whipped me. She's doing a street ministry in Los Angeles now. God saved her. Brought her right out of the bar and put her in the Karis house. God saved her. I think about the... People just got to say, Brother Mike sent me a picture yesterday of an old boy that he had led to the Lord. And uh, he is a weird-looking dude. You know, God saves weird-looking people sometimes. <laughs> yeah, amen. And he does. I mean, he didn't look like I do and like you do. He was just different. Aren't you glad God's no respecter? He, he'll just save. Let me tell you, friend, he'd save you if you trust him. Because he's able, and we'll give him glory when he saves. Not only can God save us, but God can revive us. He can revive us. When, when we've drifted away, God brings us home. I've been gone preaching all week long. I, I, I preached this week. I went up Friday night, First Baptist Church, Talladega, Alabama. Uh, town used to be about 50,000, now about 13,000. Two big mills closed down. It's just getting smaller, and the First Baptist Church is a hard place. And I preached there. Uh, on uh, Friday night and then Sunday morning I went up home where I'm from up to Pisgah first church I ever preached in New Home Baptist Church and they had me back to honor their pastor on uh, Pastor Appreciation Sunday and uh, I, I was there brother David Smith 23 years and he's in that church they run about 350 400 on a good day I preached and uh, man we had a little old boy get saved it, it was a great great Sunday and they rejoiced with the pastor it, it was just good to be back on the mountain then I preached all week long or Sunday through uh Wednesday in Jacksonville, Alabama, Angel Grove Baptist Church, Angel Grove, named for the Angel family. I didn't see one angel while I was there, but I, I, that's the family that's named there. That's what they call it, Angel Grove Baptist Church. And I got there, and they told me this coming today, right now, this very moment, they are, they're going to vote on their new pastor. I didn't even know they were looking. I mean, I knew they were looking, but I didn't know they had somebody coming. I got there Sunday, and somebody's right there today. Well, I changed every sermon I had. I said, man, I'm going to plow up ground for this old boy. And, and so I did. No church has ever been preached to like I preached to it, getting ready to call a preacher. If, if he can't do it now, he ought to quit. I'm just telling you, because <laughs> I plowed the ground for him and got it ready uh, for church. But I preached the first Sunday night on forgiveness, and there's a boy sitting right there in your seat, sir, right on the end, right first row. He used to be faithful, faithful, faithful in the Angel Grove Church. He was faithful, but then he got his feelings hurt. Somebody said something, did something, and, and, and I preached on forgiveness, and son, he hit that altar. He's, he's at least 6'5". He hit that altar, and his mom and daddy sitting right here. Same row, other end. Mama liked to die. 
heard Boyd come home. He saw me after church Wednesday night before I left. He grabbed me and he said, Pastor, thanks for coming. I don't know if you came for anybody else, but I used to be in the far country and I've come home and I'm here to do what God wants me to do. Hallelujah. He is the God of revival. He'll revive you. If you're out there in the far country, he'd save you. He'd revive you. He'd bring you home and you ought to give him glory for that. Glory. And not only does God save and not only does he revive, God provides. Oh, yes, he does. He provides. I have been absolutely amazed. We've had less people on our campuses in the last two years and more money than ever. COVID ran some people home, but people have given. I had a lady, I saw her Friday night uh, at a meeting. And she said, Pastor, I, this is the first time I've been on the campus, and I, I don't know, many, many, many months. But she said, I want you to know I'm paid up through January. I said, what? <laughs> she said, I wrote my tithe check through the end of the year. Just, I said, I just got it out of the way. I'm paid up uh, to the first of the I said, praise the Lord. I said, how are you feeling? She said, good. I said, you know, if you die, you don't get none of that back. You, see, you, you understand? <laughs> she said, yes, sir, I know. It's all in. I said, praise the Lord. This one, I want to be clear. Don't be sending me nothing here. And, I pulled into my parking lot in the heat of COVID. I believe I had a parable lived in front of me. An elderly gentleman pulled in an old beat up park in a beat up pickup. He got out and he said, Pastor, I said, yes, sir. He said, you don't know me. Don't worry. I said, okay. He said, I don't go to church here. I go to church down the road, little small church. But he said, I know what Olive does for this community. And he said, if, if you guys were not here, it'd be a shame. And he said, I just brought a little extra out of my check. And I want to give it to Olive Church. I believe everybody in the church had that kind of spirit during COVID. That's how I think we did it. Everybody just said, you know, we just need to make sure. And they just gave a little bit more than normal. Then some people started giving, hadn't been given nothing. What happened? The God of the breakthrough Brought great provision. During that time, we paid all our debt off. Got, got all that paid for. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God for His provision in our life. People always ask, well, what's next? I don't know. Ask God. If He tells you, tell me, and then I'll ask Him if He knows you. You just come pray. We'll seek God and we'll find together what the Lord wants us to do. We need to begin by seeking. If you'll excuse me for just a moment. I want to say a word to the people, as I do here from time to time. I want to say something to my folks that are on the Pensacola campus. We just opened today uh, over their next steps room. And that next steps is not for you to party in. It's for you to seek God in. And it's a place where you can go and somebody will pray for you. And you, you can be prayed for to be healed you can go in there as I let a couple in just before I left this morning after first service and you, you can be a part of the church you can join the church there you put your life there you can come home to God there you can be like this gentleman I talked about coming to the Lord it's like an inquiry room where, where we inquire of God and we seek him I encourage you to go there and you're on this Warrington campus in a few moments when we sing this song I'm going to stand right here and I'm going to invite you to come and be here there's also next step tables back in the back and you can do this on the way to lunch today and talk to somebody back there or up here but God's calling you and he is the God he is the God he is the God Baal Parazim he's the God to break through
You ever feel like you need a breakthrough? We needed a breakthrough here at Warrington five years ago. And bless God, he did it. He did it. I didn't do it. God did it. And the Lord broke through. Gave us favor. I remember walking up down these streets. Into businesses. We just went door to door talking to people. I had people tell me, you're, you're a fool for doing that. No way that'll come back alive. <laughs> I wasn't a fool. That was just foolish talk. As the Philistines. God said, just go up around behind them. And when you hear the rush in the top of the trees, that's go. Other people were so encouraging, saying, yes, you can, you can, and you ought to do it. He is the God of the breakthrough. Hallelujah. Seek Him. Mm. Obey Him. And give Him glory. Somebody's here today and ought to obey God. You ought to come. Give me your hand. God's your heart. Somebody ought to come join this church today. What a great day to join on the fifth anniversary of the church. Come put your life, your membership right here at Olive Baptist Church in the Warrington Capitalist and say yes unto the great God of the breakthrough. Some of you have come as our guests today. Thank you for coming and uh, hope you'll come again and again. Maybe God wants you to be right here. If you're here today without Christ, he had saved you today. Jesus came to Calvary for you. He died for you. He is the Redeemer. When we built that building on the Pensacola campus, we had an artist come and interview our people. He came to me. He'd be there two Sundays and a Wednesday, and he'd talk to people in between. He said, Pastor, I've come to tell you the heart of Olive is souls. Souls and soul winning. That's the heart of the church. That didn't start me. That started Dr. Passmore. He said souls. That's why our window in that building that he drew has three crosses in it. The cross of Christ and one for a malefactor lost, one for a malefactor saved. That's why the cross in the crown is our logo. That cross, high and lifted up, crowning Jesus King. And the crown that he wore at Calvary for us. That's what we're about. When you stay about that, he's the God of the breakthrough. And today, if you need the Christ of Calvary to save you, come right here. If you want to link your life with this church, come and be right here. We welcome you this day. Maybe you just need praying for you. Come fall in this altar.